Welcome to the Future of dot 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 podcast. We take a deep dive into specific industries to find out how it is changing and who is changing it. On this day, we have Adriana Vasquez, the CEO and product creator of Lilu. Adriana Vasquez was named one of the top 30 femtech healthcare influencers in 2019 and has won awards such as She Knows Blogger Competition, Alpha Lab Gear Hardware Cup, and she was recognized as Philadelphia's Invention of the Year in 2019. We are very excited to have Adriana representing Lilu today. Today we have uh, Adriana Vasquez from Lilu. Um, she is the CEO and creator of the new tech, the new massage bra. She it's scored towards mothers. It's it's focused on giving women their free time back and making life better for them. But I don't want to describe it in my own words and what I've read. I'd rather let the founder and the creator of this amazing product uh, kind of give the background of. Um, of herself and where she came up with the product. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me, Kelvin. And sure, um, just to tell you a little bit about Lilu, right? We're a women's health company focused in um, developing tech-enabled products and smart garments to help new moms in those first few months um, after giving birth. And we started with breastfeeding and breast pumping just because it's one of the um, most stressful and challenging processes that moms need to learn in really quickly in this first, those first few days and, and months. And um, breast pumping technology hasn't changed for a very long time when I started to look into the space. And we found that one of the main reasons why many moms were quitting breastfeeding and breast pumping early was because they were not able to pump enough milk. So our first product that you mentioned, the Lilu Massage Bra, is the uh, first uh, pumping breath that incorporates uh, automated breast massage so that moms can, uh, yeah, you know, pump milk a little bit more easily. Uh, massage has been clinically proven to help increase with breast milk supply and um, also kind of just helps alleviate other um, difficulties with pumping. So some of the associated discomfort um, and pain that can accompany pumping massage can help with that. And uh, we found more and more from um, just feedback from users that the massage actually, it's a little bit of like this self-care routine as well. So also kind of just helps alleviate some of that stress um, because, you know, um, moms kind of tend to take care first and foremost of their infants. And a lot of moms are, are um, you know, kind of leaving their needs a little bit aside. So we want to be just, uh, you know, a little bit of a reminder, as symbolic as it is, right, with the, for instance, with a massaging bra, that it's important for mothers to take care of themselves as well, right? Because um, if, if you are not uh, in a good place or in a good space, right, um, uh, motherhood is really challenging. And, and uh, we want to kind of emphasize, you know, the need for self-care as, as hard as it is, right? Because moms, right, today are, I mean, they've always been really busy, but, uh, you know, like, as you know like any like you know millennial or gen z everyone knows like we're probably busier than ever before like we're bombarded with information juggling multitasking so now imagine that kind of gets exponential with with uh, maternity right so um 
believe in massage, but I really, you know, um, first and foremost, it is like a, a medical device, but we found that there's kind of these multiple layers uh, and that as a brand anyway, right? We want to support moms and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not doing this alone and that there has and should be more technology geared and catered for women. Um, and so that's a little bit about, about us. Uh, I think I remember seeing the first time I ever saw it, I saw you pitch an AWS event um, like a year or two ago. And I was like, wow, this seems like it's a game changer. Women are working while they're being a mother. And I was like, wait, so how do you hold the baby and type at the same time? And as women are taking back control, I mean, they're taking control, not taking back, they're taking control of their future. They're like, oh, look, I can have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. And I'm going to actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make this company jump up 50% in the next month. And they're doing it. But I was just like physically imagining, how do you do that and hold this baby? And then it's like, okay, you want to make sure that this life is being taken care of. And well, you're going to, you can't always give a baby formula. And so yeah. what are you going to do? And so when you, demonstrate what you're doing and then how it actually when you mentioned self-care I want to dive into that more like everybody needs to take care of themselves especially now more than ever when yeah. it's we're staying at home and we're not we're just so inward so I, I was just yeah, really no, fascinated absolutely. about that aspect of of yeah I had like, a similar kind of how have you seen <laughs> because like I I I started this company, right? And I obviously really care. And now I've, I've learned a lot about breastfeeding and breast milk production and breast pumping, but I knew nothing about breast pumping before I started this company. I didn't even know what a breast pump was. Um, so I kind of also had like a, like a moment of like, you know what, I never even thought about it. How is it to be, uh, you know, like in this really um, intense or fast paced career path, for instance, right? And um, like, I was really lucky that, um, you know, my first job out of college, I was working at Morgan Stanley, like in a great, you know, team, great, like, you know, very supportive environment of like mothers, like they've won awards, right, for, for being one of the best places for working mothers. But even then, right, like, you know, you have all the equipment, support, um, right, education, and still I would see some colleagues there, you know, having a really difficult time. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's just not easy. So kind of like, observing that and realizing wow like right unless you have to go through it personally right or like probably with your partner or your sister or somebody really close to you you don't really pause to think right like how is it to be like in those first few months as a as a new mom and even for fathers right I think that really like our society has changed and like fathers are now also really involved right in like bringing up the child and like those first few months of like sleepless nights and like a lot of fathers like now will be the ones that are um, you know, cleaning up the breast pump parts and things like that. So like, there's a little bit more of that being involved. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know, like <laughs> in this, I think like our, our generation, right, really talks about kind of going back to that, like wellness and all of that and, and taking care of ourselves. But in those first few months, like that kind of goes out of the window, right? Like parents, like I think mm -hmm. for the first two years, right, are not going to have normal, like a full eight hours of sleep, right? And there's all these research about, you know, what happens to your mind when you're not sleeping like properly, right? So imagine you have all these new parents, like moms and dads, right? Like being underslept 
and kind of like ha- like I think unless you know about it like you're not even gonna have like empathy right or or or, or anything right you're, anything maybe you're judging your colleague right for like oh like they're not around as much or things like that right uh, but I think like mm-hmm. just learning and knowing about breastfeeding and breast pumping like kind of opened my eyes to this like okay like talk about these things right and then the technology is not there to support uh, people adequately and uh and yeah and I think I mean there's so many things that have led up to our generation being like making breast pumping a necessity right like the other thing you mentioned right now is formula right like that's what happened in the 70s and 80s formula was the most common um food for for infants like a lot of people in our generation including myself were formula fed right and that's fine right I mean it's it's a it was a choice and actually that kind of contributed to allowing so many women to go back earlier into um, rejoining the workforce but now we're at this like moment in time where like there's more women in the workforce than ever before there's more women kind of rejoining the workforce after giving birth like very soon those are not necessarily good things actually because uh many times it's from necessity right sometimes it's because we want to right I mean we spend so much time studying and all of it right and and but sometimes it's really just for necessity right and if there were better maternity leave like policies if there were paid maternity leave in the U.S. maybe at least you would have some more time but what happens now is like well there's all this research about why breast milk is significantly better than formula if you can do that right like there's immunity protection and now with COVID right that's obviously every it's every on everyone's mind like the immunity boosting properties mm-hmm. but there's so much more in breast milk that just formula today can't replicate so it's also this choice right like I want to breastfeed because I'm told that that's the best thing I can do for my baby but then I also need to go to work so how do you do both then you need to breast milk <laughs> so it's kind of like you're like the way we see it or that we say it's like a lot of women are kind of in this like you know, between, what's that expression? Between a hard place and a rock, right? Because the choice, it's not easy. Yeah, 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 like the choice is not easy and you're just like, okay, well, like, this is just something I have to do on, no matter how difficult it is, I'm gonna figure it out. Um, but but yeah, I think it really happened. All of these things had to happen so that this technology or breast pumping technology, um, you know, we reached kind of this breaking point where like, over 80% of new moms in the U.S. right now will use a breast pump at some point. Um, but the te- if the technology is broken, right, uh, something had to change. So hopefully we're going to start seeing some of that. And we're trying to um, play our part, you know, be a, we're a little piece in the puzzle, but so many more things need to change. Um, and the pandemic has yeah. amplified all of that. Yeah, it seems like with the pandemic, it's like, cause I think from my understanding um, as a mother, you like you have to constantly breast pump in order to have the milk ready for the baby. Um, what do you see as like, okay, let's say say women, I mean, people can go back in the office. Obviously what I've seen in this, 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 this bras is very, um, I mean, you see what's happening, but it's not like, oh, hey, you're just seeing a couple bottles up front. Um, you don't have to go and you don't have to set up some elaborate machine. Um, do you, pre-pandemic, did you see women using this in the workplace? And do you see like women being able to get back into the workforce faster 
having this opportunity available, like having this device available, or where do you see the future of women coming back to the, the workforce? Yeah, I mean, that, that's pregnancy. a great question. And I think, I guess there's multiple kind of layers or, or angles to answer that. I think first and foremost, like one of the things we are seeing in this um, maternity or family tech industry, a lot of the conversation is around how women have really you know, been affected by the pandemic um, disproportionately because they still have to work, right? Many people are at home without childcare, daycare, uh, school, right? And kind of taking the double responsibility of like, you know, still obviously their work, but on top of it, um, all, that, all that extra like childcare and education that they have to kind of now take the responsibility for. So a lot of women actually um, did not return to the workforce with, or haven't yet returned to the workforce with the pandemic. And that is kind of one of those crises that we're probably gonna see the economic effects throughout the next couple of years. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of like breast pumping, right? Uh, we were very concerned, you know, um, I was actually looking at our, like uh, some of our metrics of last year uh, yesterday. And I mean, we had like a massive dip in like even website visitors and therefore subsequently orders. And, and that was a lot, I think, because we targeted a lot, of course, like working moms, like with this idea of like, okay, yeah, while you're working and you need to pump, you know, if you, if you're struggling to produce enough milk, that's when most moms end up having to use massage. But we always said, right, like if you're pumping three to four times a day during work hours and on top of it, you need to use like 30 minutes, right, every, every single time to massage, you are, you're losing like an hour or two hours of, of your work day. Um, and when people weren't going back to the offices, we were wondering, oh, my gosh, like, are we still going to see demand for, you know, breast pumps or breast pumping products? And the answer was yes, because I mean, really women nowadays breast pump for so many other reasons. Uh, one is like, you know, for that, that other people can feed the, the child, right? Like the partner or other caregivers, family members, um, just to have a stash of milk, right? In case the baby gets sick, the mom gets sick. Like, again, there's so many reasons why women breast pump, not only that like your quote unquote typical office setting. Um, so it's interesting, like our, like, I do think that our product can help women that are going back into the workforce or need to like, we got a lot of emails from like healthcare workers and teachers, right? That had to continue to go. And they were like, they would email us and say like, hi, like, I mean, I, I, I need to go back to work. Um, especially because with the pandemic, right? Like everyone was so much, was like so much more stressed. And they were like, I heard about the product. I would really love to have it. And, you know, but there was so much economic uncertainty. So like, a lot of healthcare workers that's like, I mean, is there any, like, do you have any special promotions for healthcare workers? And at that point we decided actually to bring down the price point so that we could, you know, to support any mom and any mom in the pandemic that wanted our product. We're like, you know, it's probably having a really hard time. And, um, and so we saw that we saw that, I mean, we actually ended up running out of stock in August. Um, sales wow. like really grew. And, and I think just for us that showed like, I mean, no matter, you know, breast pumping, breast pumping is here to stay. And because women are pumping under any circumstance and under the stress of, you know, even moms that aren't actually line workers and things like that, right? Then again, there's this 
really emphasized need of like, how can we just make pumping easier? Because it's such a big part of a mother's, like new mother's routine, right? Um, so I think, I think pumping technology definitely is here to stay, that we do have a role to play in making that transition to work like more easy. And now the question I think for companies like mine and probably others in the space is like, well, what else can we do, right? We always talk that Lilu about like having a service like side, right? Where we can connect moms to lactation service providers. We always wanted to do that like in the telehealth space. And it was a really hard pitch to some, you know, like as we were fundraising and things like that. But I think now it's really obvious, like it's necessary, right? It's necessary. And it's one of those things where like I started Lilu four years ago and like now it's finally starting to resonate, like the need for telehealth support for new moms. And now the pandemic kind of like, okay, of course it's, it's kind of obvious, right? I don't know any longer if, you know, maybe, maybe that's no longer our role to play, but it's definitely our role to connect moms to the services that are out there doing that. Because the Lilu customer, the Lilu mom, like she feels really lonely during the pandemic. Like new moms in general kind of go through this process. Like their life has changed. You know, they're, they, they do feel like that feeling of loneliness is fairly common. But now, now that you don't even have the mommy groups, the in-person meetings, family members being able to come visit, right? Like to see the new baby, the newborn there's this amplified sense of like, I am doing this, I'm alone, I'm alone and nobody's taking care of me. So I do think that there's so much that companies in our space um, or the maternity space, right, need to do. And then other companies, right, like that are just kind of interested in like the workforce and stuff, like just even having these sort of conversations like we're having today, like how can we support women in the workforce? Because they're going through like an extremely difficult time. Like if, if anybody talks, I mean, <laughs> You, know, you and I are young, you know, we've been able to like, thankfully, you know, fine and everything. We're able to do our work remotely, but I do think, you know, we do feel really strongly for like, oh my gosh, like what, like this, a whole generation of moms that had to give birth during the pandemic, especially the first, the beginning, they were not planning, right? They got pregnant pre-pandemic. So like, I think it's a little different, still very hard. But if you, a lot of parents that were, okay, maybe, you know, we're going to move on with our lives and have our kids now who at least can mentally in some ways prepare for it. And even for them, it's really hard. But those moms that had to give birth in like March and April of last year, that suddenly all their plans, you know, were like, felt like, felt like moms that had to give birth alone without their partners being able to be there mm -hmm. in the room. There's so many things I think that over the next few years, we're just going to have to like work with and support them even more than before because it was... I mean, I, I hate that. Probably also you, you've been, you, you've heard it over and over, like all these unprecedented times and these challenging times. We've used them so, so much, but it's because they're true, right? I mean, they were unprecedented and incredibly challenging. Oh yeah. And, um, and I think for these, yeah, for these generation of new moms, I think there's going to be so much, you know, um, repercussions. And if we don't talk about them, mm -hmm. then we won't, you know, do something about it. But by talking about them like we are today, I think, you know, we can have a call to action, like as an employer, as a colleague, you know, as a, as a friend, what can you do to be there for the women that, you know, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's so important that, I mean, we started a little bit off with the self-care and the self and the wellness. I mean, that is from just, that's become so much more important these times as we've become siloed into our homes. We've been, we've, 
we're trying to deal with how to handle friends, family. In the past, when you were to give birth, you could have your family there. Now it's, okay, I don't know if I want to have my family there. Um, And it just becomes so much more difficult. So having an outlet, like what you say, having an outlet to have someone to talk to, I mean, it becomes so much more important. And that's, I think you, you've hit upon something that where this probably is going. I don't know what it was like beforehand, where that maybe it was just like having your mom come by or having your aunt or having the care uh, provider, you would just go into the office. But um, maybe, I don't know, what, what, what have you seen in terms of do women feel comfortable with the telehealth of like talking about um, their post, uh, post-birth and, and then where do you see, like, I, it sounds like you guys are trying to effectively do something about it, but um, yeah. it seems to me, like, I remember one time I just went into the doctor to ask him, hey, hey, I'd like to, completely unrelated, but I was just like, hey, I'd like to um, talk to someone about, um, uh, like, uh, like mental uh, like I'd like to see a psychiatrist or psychologist and everybody in the doctor's office is like, Oh, are you okay? I'm not trying to connect the two, but compare the two. But I just know when I asked for that little one thing for mental wellness, I was immediately thought of like, I had a problem. I wasn't good yeah. enough. So it's like, Oh, are you okay? Do you need help? Yeah. I'm a totally functioning adult. It's just something that I see as I think everybody needs this. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so when you see women and they're going through this post-birth and they have their children and they have their families and they have and 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 just all the things that are just bombarding them at that moment, where do you, I know you said like you're trying to do something about that, but where do you see that? Like, where do you see, what's happening there? I guess if you could talk a little more yeah, about that, if course. you know it. Um, I mean, something that's also really interesting is that even before the pandemic, right, like rates of postpartum mood depression and anxiety and other mood disorders are really high, especially in the US. Um, kind of going back to like some of the poor maternity leave policies, I think that has to do that stress, for instance, I do think that there may be some correlation between like the breastfeeding and breast pumping stress. That's like, again, like it's an all time high for breastfeeding in our modern quote unquote modern society um, and just like how it conflicts with our daily like diet lives again all these added stresses add up and and in terms of like your like your question about how are women um you know um do they I think a lot of women don't even know that some of these resources are available to them um I think a lot of women um I mean the the access to care Right, and this is more like in general in many aspects of healthcare, as you touched, right? For not only for maternal health, but in general, like yeah, um, like mental well-being and and uh, and getting that care and access to that care that you need when you need it in an easy and affordable way, it's really difficult, right? So in general, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some really interesting companies that are trying to, you know, there's all these pool of healthcare providers, for instance, just giving the example of mental health care, right? Like 
but that a lot of people can't afford, right? Because they don't take insurance. And in theory, insurance should, you know, like cover that. But I mean, there's startups that are like now, hopefully, you know, doing really well and will, I think, continue to grow because they're trying to connect the dots there, right? I mean, you have like underutilized, like um, psychologists, psychiatrists, like, right? There's, and nobody's like, everybody wants, or I don't know if everybody wants, right? But like, yeah, I also, I've also looked into like, okay, like, I mean, I, you know, with, um, um, how can we connect moms to the, those caregivers? You know, and even just for us, like, I, I agree with you. I think everyone, right? Like, um, if, if we had access to, would be great to have like a, you know, um, at least the choice, right? To be able to get um, like support when we need it or as, we need, or as part of us, our, our self-care routine. Um, I mean, just as annual exams are required, right? I mean, right. I think you know we should we could have like a mental well-being exam and just like not exam. I mean, exam probably is the wrong word, but like just a checking and support, right? And to know that there's resources available. But what was interesting at the beginning, also of the pandemic, right, is that a lot of lactation consultants, which which are very specific, uh, you know, uh, healthcare specialists that obviously they're guiding with breastfeeding support, but most of the time they're also kind of providing kind of like some coaching and emotional support because breastfeeding actually is very, uh, it's not only like a very physical process, but also there's a lot of like, it's hormonally driven and it really affects like so many things like about the mental well-being of the mom. So lactation consultants also end up kind of playing this role of like a, uh, like a, a mental well-being coach. But many of them also were not used to using telemedicine so it's, that was also kind of, I think, a matter of educating those um, educators <laughs> and kind of telling them like, look, in the absence of you being, I know there's nothing better than being in person, right? Like, I mean, as even as friends, right? I mean, how cool would it be if we could do this podcast together, right? And like have yeah. a coffee and like, that's great. But you know, in the absence of that, this is also great, right? I can have a conversation with you, we can catch up um, and it's better than nothing, right? So mm -hmm. just kind of like, getting into that mentality, right? And that's why technology exists, right? It just makes things that would previously be really difficult possible. So getting both like the mom and the educator in that mentality of like, okay, like this is better than nothing. Like, I think it's one piece. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think that we saw, what we saw is that lactation educators also, because they were not used to this kind of mode of working they also needed to get trained in like being, becoming kind of tech savvy, right? Uh, and, mm -hmm. and then that's one layer. And then the second layer is like understanding like oh, what's gonna be the, the pricing structure for something like this while insurances decide that this is something that should be covered. And a lot of great companies actually, one of the, a lot of the work that we've seen in the space is actually, I think with like the FDA had like a lot of emergency rulings and one of them made it finally that like a lot of these like um, support services became insured, like reimbursed by insurance. But it's a really hard process. So, like, mm -hmm. what happens, I think, is that the individual practitioners they don't have the time to figure that out. And we see that in the maternal space, but we also see it in the like mental health therapy space and all of it. So, I think what's interesting, like, you know, when we try to be the optimist and see the positive sides of what the pandemic has done, is like, okay, at least there was a little bit of a push of like, okay, like telemedicine, right? Like we need to figure out a way where like all the players involved, insurances, care, healthcare providers, hospitals, and then the, the end consumer, you know, kind of 
get used to that like way of right seeking care um mm -hmm. and i think yeah. i think that will be one of the positive outcomes of out of all of this but there's still work to be done like it's not like even now like yeah. if we try to yeah no, I think you should be able to like go online and book an appointment and like for tomorrow or whenever, right? But it's still really difficult. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's totally difficult to just do any uh, in terms of like any form of the medicine space, anything self care needs. It's not just a, it's not an Amazon. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, a immediate on demand service. Yeah. It's still a use the planes. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah it's not an on-demand service it's something that needs to be taken care of but usually people I mean it sounds like when you're talking about it like the process of the lactation and the process of motherhood can be on demand and sometimes it does need to be taken care of in a way that is cognizant of those needs of the mother yeah um, yeah and I think I mean hopefully with these things like one of one of the things that's been really lacking is like constant or more frequent access to care like i think moms typically you know after giving birth like the baby gets check checkups but the mother doesn't <laughs> but i mean hopefully right mm -hmm. if we make it like with telemedicine and so like like something that we think is crucial right especially i mean at least again just from the tiny silo of breastfeeding right like that first week is crucial the first day the third day the, the first week right that's when like if you know things are really challenging like moms can develop like breast infections like it can you know that's where you're kind of setting that routine and breastfeeding and breast pumping relationship but the first month right before going back towards the third month and if you're not having those constant check-ins like you're much you're much more likely to quit and and in breastfeeding right that's one again that's one piece but the other piece for instance is the sleep like the sleep of the mom the sleep of the baby and there's all these other things that are just happening and and i think that you know it'd be it'd be great if you know one of the models of care evolved to be like okay you can get a check-in like once a week and it doesn't i'm not saying right it has to be maybe um it does definitely doesn't have to be in person right because it would be that would be so hard mm -hmm. you know that you know some of those things are unrealistic right but like a 10 minute 15 minute check-in you know you have your just as we have like our, um, you know, that your your main like doctor that you check in with every once in a while, right? But like, it's just for that first mm -hmm. three months of, of 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 postnatal care. But it would make such a huge difference, right? If people could just like have that fifteen minute check in. Like, there's just oh, ways yeah. that like I think things could change. Um, but I think it, I think it, it's a matter <laughs> of time, and I think maybe you know. The things that today we see that are like, like that we look at back at like a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago, and we're like, oh my gosh, people did that. That's crazy, right? I think one of the things will be like in terms of how we access healthcare. Again, I see it from the in the postpartum and maternal well, like wellness space, but I think for many other things, right? Like, again, mental well-being. Like, I I also really care. For instance, like just personally, right? I I really care about. Um, uh, just like trying to stay physically active and fit and stuff but I have all these I had like a an ACL reconstruction surgery a long time ago but like for instance that still like gives me pain I wish I could get access to like you know like physical therapy like where I don't have to like you know like why can't I get preventative care because in the future like I mean you know that'll just become like this 
Like there's these little pains that I'm sure everybody has in one way or another. And instead of letting them grow until you actually have to do something about it, like why can't we get more into this mentality of preventative care? Oh, and yeah. I think again, like in 50 or a hundred years from now, we'll be like, oh my gosh, like you guys would like not check in more often. Or the fact that we have to do like our blood work to really understand what's, I know a lot of companies are doing great work in this space, right? But like the fact that we really don't know the status of our, you know, um, healthcare until until something's wrong, basically, right? Something breaks. Until something breaks. And I mean, that's that's not the way it should be, right? I mean, the fact that people don't find out that they have like cancer until like it's visible or it's affecting their bodies, right? If we had, again, this mindset of preventative healthcare, but it's not only a mindset, right? The system has to work for us. Like the system has to make it easy. And uh, yeah. I guess uh, just like the way we see, again, like, like heart disease and all these other things they're mad they're they're huge problems they're huge problems right but what's a pity at least in the maternal like wellness space is that well maternity is something that should be celebrated right and like every almost like a, every adult not i mean not everyone chooses to have a kid right and i don't think everyone actually should choose to have a kid but it's still so common and like so why why is why is it an area that has been so massively um overlooked uh and kind of just kind of going back to, you know, like Lilu and our reason of being as a company and, and where we think our role to play is. I think that, you know, obviously by developing products and technology for new moms, but another thing is like just bringing awareness, right? Talking about it and saying like, hey, like <laughs> everybody, right? Should, should have, um, you know, at least be more supportive of the working women in their life because, you know, just know that it's, you know, it's yeah. extremely hard. Yeah, no, and that's a, a good way to kind of like almost come up to a summation of it. But, and because I see this as, as we've gone through history, it seems like it's like, you don't fix something that's not broke. And then it's like, okay, even these little minor problems, you keep pushing through it. But now as each generation comes and comes, I mean, you're coming up with a product that's helping women take back control of their day-to-days. Um, and it's actually like, and there's an element of self-care. Now you're developing a way, potentially you're developing a way for women to get access to consistent advice or consistent uh, medical care for uh, during their uh, postnatal. And you see that as kind of like a transition throughout uh, as we go, as you were describing, as we're going through the next wave of what might happen before probably like even 30 years ago or even 20, 10 years ago, there was no thought of using any forms of preventive care. Now there is this wave of like, okay, we need to do things before it becomes a problem. We need to do things. And like, if, if motherhood is, I mean, as motherhood, like you said, it should be celebrated and it should be something that a woman should be able to go to see a doctor. And it's like just a weekly check-in for the first three months. It's like, yes, hey, you had your pregnancy. How are you feeling today? Um, is everything going okay? What's what's going on? Okay, great. Congratulations. You're one weekend. And then the second weekend, it's like you just it's this rolling behavior of fantastic. Let's just make sure that everything you're you're feeling good still. And if not, let's see what's happening. It seems like you don't do it until, oh shoot, something's bad's happening. It's really great to have you here today, Adrian. I know um, there's a lot of information shared and 
future of where maternity care is going. I think you're at the forefront of it with just giving women the ability to take back their time or take their time um, to control their lives and think about themselves as well as. As I was saying, I really hope that we're making a difference. And um, I think there's still a lot of more work to be done and be it with, uh, you know, um, with products, innovation, services, uh, but I'm excited about, uh, you know, the possibilities. But uh, thank you so much for having me today. And I hope it was um, an interesting conversation uh, for you, for the audience. And um, yeah, I always uh, you know, like to say that if anybody wants to reach out, uh, can always connect with me through LinkedIn and uh, you know, follow our brand uh, through any of our social media channels where you can find us, kind of uh, follow the conversation. And uh, if you know any new moms in your life, uh, to tell them about Lilu and our massaging pumping breath. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And, uh... Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Today is a very special and important day as today marks International Women's Day. It's a global day to celebrate the social, economic, uh, cultural, and political achievements of women. This isn't a day to be forgotten, but more of a day to think about how can we all come together to accelerate women's equality. We shared Adriana's story today as she is one of these women that are making incredible strides. If you are interested in uh, contacting and learning more, please reach out to us at podcast at higherlama.com. You can find us at any social media outlet at Higher Llama. Thank you. Thank you.